0: Well, good morning and welcome to South Park's online church. My name is Lindsay Rich. I'm one of the pastors here and we are so glad that you have joined us this Palm Sunday uh, to worship together. If you are joining us live, we want to invite you to use the chat features that are right there on the website. Uh, The whole staff team is here um, and lots of us are gathered online right now. And we are excited that even though we aren't physically together, that we are meeting together and um, can interact even through this service. Um, I also want to invite you today to join us in taking communion. So Pastor Kyle, who is our lead pastor at the end of his sermon today, is going to lead us in the celebration of communion. So I want to invite you to go to your kitchen and to get something that you can use to take communion today. So it doesn't have to be um, grape juice or wine and bread. It could be a cracker and a sip of water, right? Just something to eat and something to drink so that you can... um, Join us in celebrating uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So that will happen at the end of our worship service today. Uh, But before we move into our time of worship, I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things. The first is about our Barnabas team. So we have a new team around here that we call the Barnabas team, named it after a guy um, who's talked about in the book of Acts who sold some land and shared it with the community, um, shared the money from that land with the community. And we are really trying to be like Barnabas, where we are taking what we have and using it to encourage and bless our community. So we are um, in an uncertain and unusual time in not only our church, but obviously in the city and around the world. And so this team has formed in order to help people who find themselves in need of a little bit of help. So um, if, if you find yourself needing something, whether it's supplies um, or maybe a prepared meal, if you or someone in your family is sick or any number of things, um, you could please just let us know. You can go right to our website and just there's a button to request help or you can email me um, and we want to, to help you um, get matched up with whatever you're needing uh, right now. And if you are someone who wants to help, Um, and you're not on the team yet, we would love to have you join us on the team too. Uh, So that is up and ready, and um, we are ready to receive requests and to help with whatever needs arise. Um, There are also other things that are going on throughout the week In our community right now, we talk a lot about life to the full, and right now we are in the middle of a pandemic. And so, what does life to the full look like? Well, some of the ways that that looks is our life groups and our small groups, our Sunday school classes, our prayer group, our book clubs, our knitting groups, the running group all of these people are still meeting virtually. We are gathering together online. If you um, are not yet connected with a smaller group of people that's meeting virtually throughout the week and you want, to be uh, please let me know just email me again right on the website go to the staff page and just click right under my name send me an email I want to help you get connected Um, and then of course this is Holy Week And so there is a way for all of us to be involved this week with South Park Church. Um, We want to invite you to join us in reading some scripture each day. So we have a a scripture reading plan that we are going to follow together throughout the week. And we're actually going to use those scripture verses in our fireside chats. Um, Every day at 109 we meet together right on our website. Um, And so we want to invite you to join us for those fireside chats where we're going to be talking about the scripture readings as well. And then, of course, uh, another way that you can be involved in the ministry of this community is through your financial gifts. Um, I just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. So many of you have continued to give um, your your financial gifts to South Park Church, even though we are not meeting together physically um, and you haven't been able to bring your checks to the building. Um, You've been giving online and you've been mailing your checks, and so thank you. Um, It's actually... Quite easy to give online. There's a button right on our website that you can push and you can give money that way. Um, If you don't want to do it it virtually or through the computer, um, we can still get checks. So you can go and uh, find our physical address and you can mail your gifts there and we will be able to receive them. Um, So yes, I want us to turn our attention now towards a time of worship. Um, When we meet together physically, we normally have two different services with distinct styles of worship. We have a traditional service and a modern service. Um, We have both of our worship leaders um, in this online service. And so Dr. Katie and McCarty and the choir are actually going to lead us in a time of traditional worship um, as we start off worship. And then Cole is going to lead us in a modern worship song um, after Pastor Kyle's um, sermon. So will you join us in worship? (music) Thank <music> you. to um, Katie Ann and to the choir for putting that beautiful piece together for us this week. I know you guys worked really hard um, to make that happen, and so it was wonderful for us to be able to worship with the choir um, this morning. And now, will you join me for a time of prayer? Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for your goodness and for your love. And we thank you that you are a God who is steady and sure, and that you are a God who brings hope and life and peace and joy. Uh, No matter what is happening around the world, and no matter what is happening in our own lives and in our families, God, we thank you that you are a solid foundation upon which we can build our lives. And we thank you for inviting us into your kingdom um, that will never be shaken. But Lord, when we look around our world today, we can see that there are a number of things that are shaking. Lord, when we look around our city and we look at the economy, uh, there is so much disruption. There is so much um, anxiety. There is so much heartache. There are people who are physically in pain, people who are, are grieving the death of uh, their loved ones, of family and of friends. And God, our hearts cry out to you and ask for mercy this morning. God, we pray, especially today, for all of the people who are on the front lines. Uh, We pray for the men and the women who are working in the hospitals. Lord, we ask that you would be with them. Lord, we pray, especially for those right here in uh, Charlotte. Lord, we pray for the workers at Navant and at um, Atrium. God, we ask that you would be with them, that you would strengthen them, that you would protect them. Lord, we ask that you would give them wisdom as they are trying to get all of the necessary supplies and to care for the, the people who are getting sick who are coming in. Lord, we pray for the people who are on the front lines, um, who are not working in the hospitals, but who are um, cashiers at the grocery stores and people pharmacists at the drugstore. Lord, for the people who are working in all of the essential businesses, who are, who are um, physically out and about, uh, Lord, we ask that you would protect them as they're um, engaging with the public. Lord, we ask that you would encourage them. We pray, Lord, that you would provide their every need. Lord, we pray this morning for um, people who are quarantined in their homes. Lord, we pray for families who are spending extra time together and um, who are not finding it to be a happy experience. Lord, we pray for marriages that are um, experiencing extra friction. Lord, we pray for um, kids who are having trouble finding access to technology and to what they need for their learning. Lord, we pray um, that there would be people who continue to rise up um, to to be helpers in these situations. And Lord, we pray that you would stir us up, that we would be among those who respond um, and who bring light and life and help to places that are in need. Lord, we ask that in the midst of what could be a very troubling and overwhelming and an anxiety-filled time, Lord, we pray that your peace and your presence would be here. And Lord, we ask that for each of us, Lord, we ask that you would bring us peace. Lord, we ask that when we feel overwhelmed, that you would remind us of your faithfulness and your goodness that will never leave us. We thank you that there is nowhere that we can go that your presence is not with us. And, God, we thank you um, that you are good and you are steady and you are sure. And so, Lord, we put our hope in you today. And we thank you um, for loving us and we thank you for saving us. And, Lord, we ask that you would use us as proclaimers of that message of hope and peace um, in this city, in our families and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I want to... invite you to uh, listen as Pastor Kyle continues in this sermon series that we are on that is titled uh, With Jesus. So during Lent, which is the season that builds up to Easter, we have been looking at the life of Jesus um, and at his ministry. And um, so Pastor Kyle is going to continue on in that sermon series today.
1: Hi, I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson from South Park Church. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Later in our service, we're going to celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. So I would like to invite you to go ahead and grab a piece of bread or a cracker, something similar to that, as well as a small cup of grape juice or apple juice, orange juice, even water will work. These will be symbolic elements that we will celebrate later together. When I was in my first year of college, I was fortunate enough to make some really good friends of some guys who lived on the same hall as me in the dormitory. We had a great time navigating the ups and downs of being new to college. I also soon developed a crush on a young lady who was also a student there. And at first, I kind of admired her from afar until I got up the courage to go and talk to her, and I got to know her a little bit better, and we began to go out. We've been out on a couple of dates and. My guy friends were just sick and tired of me talking about her all the time. They knew how much I was enamored with her. But it was a fun time in life, and I was excited in all the possibilities that that lay ahead. Until one day, one of my best friends, one of the guys who lived on the hall with me, and this woman that I was pursuing a relationship with came together to see me, and they said that they had something tough to discuss with me, and long story short, they had kind of fallen for each other, and they wanted to start dating And they wanted me to hear it from them first, which totally respect that they came to talk to me face to face. But I was crushed by that. I was sad. I was angry. I was disappointed. I was really bummed that it wasn't going to work out with her. But I was even more upset with him because he's supposed to be one of my best friends and this is how he's treating me. I felt absolutely betrayed And obviously, I didn't see her anymore in a dating relationship. And I chose not to be a friend with him anymore if that's the way that he was going to treat me. Well, fast forward the story after we graduated, they got married and had a family and are living happily ever after. And I'm truly happy for them to be able to do that. Because of course, I found my soulmate in Laura and we have our boys and very excited about that relationship, obviously, and grateful to God that all that worked out. But in that moment, In that moment of hearing this from both of them, I felt absolutely crushed, absolutely betrayed. And I'm guessing that I'm not the only one who's ever felt that. In fact, I'm pretty sure that all of us who are watching today have been betrayed by someone that we really trusted or thought that was close to us. Maybe it wasn't in a romantic relationship. Maybe it just was a friendship. Maybe a relationship at work with some colleagues that we thought we were really gelling with and were a good team together. Maybe it's someone that played on the same team of us uh, as us in sports, something like that, where we really thought we had a connection, we really were close to the other person, and they did something that harmed us or betrayed us or, or hurt our feelings in a major way that led to an end in the relationship. I'm sure that we all can think of one or more of those instances right now. And maybe even worse, sometimes we're the ones who betray our friends or our colleagues or the people that we are in sports with or in the arts with and that they've looked to us in a relationship of trust and we've let them down or we've done something that's just nasty or wrong to them. And so sometimes it's not just we who get stabbed in the back. Sometimes we're the ones that are holding the knife. My question today is, why do we do that? Why do we as human beings treat one another like that, especially when we've been in a close relationship? How can we turn on someone so quickly, or how can someone turn on us so quickly? Well, I think today that we can find some help from the Bible because Jesus actually went through this himself more than once. We're going to be picking up the story. It's the last week of Jesus's life. He's getting ready to go into the city of Jerusalem, which was the capital of Israel, and And back in the first century when Jesus was in his ministry here on the earth, and Jesus has come to complete his mission, which is going to ultimately lead to him dying on a cross. And he knows that. He's coming into the city. But the people who are there don't yet really understand that. What they're doing in the city of Jerusalem, many of them had come from elsewhere in Israel to celebrate basically a national holiday, it would be similar to our 4th of July, celebrating the independence from another country that had held Israel in captivity for a long time, and so people from all over the nation were coming to celebrate that, and they, in that moment, were not truly free because they were ruled by another country, uh, by the Roman Empire, and they were not free themselves, and so it was this ironic moment of, we're celebrating our freedom when we're not really free, And they were looking forward to someone to come and lead them back to their own independence. Kind of like King David, who was a king a thousand years before this setting in the first century, when he ruled Israel as a mighty military and political and religious leader, they were ready for someone to come and save them just like King David did a thousand years before. And the rumor was that Jesus might be this Messiah that Jesus might be the one who would come and lead Israel in a revolt against Rome. And so people heard that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. And so they gathered out and they wanted to kind of give him a welcome, kind of a king's welcome, kind of a big victory parade, if you will. And so that's where we pick up the story today. And today is Palm Sunday. It's the first Sunday of Holy Week, the week before Easter Sunday. And we celebrate that today as Jesus rides into the city of Jerusalem And so let's check that out. If you have your Bibles, if you want to just look on the screen here, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. Gospel means the good news of Jesus. This is told by a man named Luke who was an early believer in the first century. And this is what he writes about when Jesus came into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. Luke 19, verses 35 through 38. And they brought a colt, a horse for Jesus to ride on. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now some other... Translations or versions of this in the other gospels say that also what happened was that people were cutting palm branches down And they were waving them kind of like pom-poms And so it was kind of like a pep rally It was a victory parade saying here's jesus. He's doing all these miracles. He's here to save us This is the guy that we've been waiting for and so they're super excited Now we fast forward the story to the end of holy week. Jesus has been arrested He's being put on trial The Roman ruler of the area, a man named Pilate, was putting him on trial. He didn't really want to convict Jesus because his wife had this dream that that would be trouble. And so he's trying any way that he can to let Jesus go. And there was a tradition that one prisoner could be released each year. And so Pilate brought out Jesus. He brought out a man man named Barabbas, who was kind of like a a modern-day terrorist. He was trying to overthrow the Roman government. And Pilate is hoping that the people would say, okay, give us Jesus, let him go. Because a lot of people who were in that crowd were probably there when Jesus came in on Palm Sunday who were, who were cheering for him. And yet also in that crowd were some of Jesus's enemies. And so let's pick up the story later in the week where Jesus is standing in front of the crowd with Barabbas, Pilate's trying to let him go. And let's see what happens. We're again in Luke, this time chapter 23, verses 18 through 21. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man, Jesus! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! So the crowd is clearly now calling for Jesus to be killed. Some of them, again, were the enemies of Jesus, but some of those in the crowd were the same people who on Palm Sunday, just the the same week when Jesus came into Jerusalem, were cheering for him. They went from cheering for him to asking that he would be crucified, killed in in one of the most terrible ways to be killed ever in history. How could they make that shift? Well, as outsiders, to me, it kind of seems like they were bandwagon fans. They thought when he could help them, they were all for it. When they find out he's not the military political leader they think he is, then they're like, forget about him. We liked him when he could help us. Now that he can't obviously help us, we don't want to have anything to do with him. I think that's part of what's going on here. Kind of like sports fans who follow teams that are really good for a while, and then when they become bad, a lot of these fans disappear. Kind of like the Golden State Warriors in the National Basketball Association have been great for so many years, but they've gone from first to worst this year, and so we don't see as many people wearing their jerseys anymore. It'll be interesting to see if that happens to the New England Patriots in the National Football League as they've lost their leading quarterback, Tom Brady. Well, a lot of fans fall off the wagon and, and stop cheering for them. So maybe that's what's happening with Jesus. People liked him only because they thought he could do something for them, but when he couldn't, they bailed out. But what's worse is that as this story continues to unfold, it's not just the bandwagon fans that desert Jesus and betray him. His closest friends do. The 12 disciples. Judas is is he's going to sell Jesus out for some money. And Peter, like the lead disciple of the 12 disciples, is going to deny Jesus three times. After he said to Jesus, I am with you no matter what. I am with you if they come to kill me. And as soon as Jesus got arrested, Peter denied him three times. Hey, aren't you with Jesus? Oh no, not me. So Peter. Bails on Jesus. When he, Jesus is arrested, the other disciples run for their lives like cowards. So it's not just the, the bandwagon fans that were in that Palm Sunday crowd, it's also Jesus' closest disciples that end up betraying him and abandoning him when they, he needed them the most. And I'm sure we might think that we would have done better if we'd been in the situation. But I'm not so sure, because I think sometimes in human nature, we're not always capable of sticking in with our friends, most especially when they need us. I think about our relationship with Jesus. I think sometimes we do a really good job with with Jesus. We sing praises. We're worshiping Jesus right now. we, We read the Bible. We pray. We help feed hungry people. We try to help people out. We do a lot of good things for Jesus. But sometimes, immediately after we've done something like that, we'll... Cuss somebody out that makes us mad. We'll give somebody in traffic the finger who's cut us off, and we have some road rage. We'll we'll lie to someone. We will cheat on our test at school. We'll cheat on our taxes. We'll we'll say mean things to people in anger that we regret later. And and every time we do an, a mean act like that, we're actually betraying Jesus. We're turning against God because we're not living life in a godly way like we've been intended. And so I think as as human beings, sometimes we're good friends. Sometimes we're faithful colleagues. Sometimes we're awesome teammates. But sometimes in our own human nature, we just fail people and we mess up and we betray others. And we also betray and hurt Jesus. And and because of that, we experience guilt and, and we experience shame. We also, because of our wrongdoing, will experience a physical death one day. And and in the meantime, we experience broken relationships. And, and the Bible uses a term for that called hell. And so when we let others down, when we betray others and, and stab them in the back, we also do that to Jesus. I just think as human beings, we've been created in God's image, which brings a lot of goodness with it. And sometimes we use our freedom to choose in bad ways that hurts other people and hurts God. And so, I don't know about you, but I can identify with the disciples who fled from Jesus. I can identify with the people in the crowd who are with Jesus one moment, and the next moment, I've blown it and I've messed up. Now, now here's the good news. Even in the midst of that, Jesus still loves us. Even in the midst of that, Jesus still went to die on a cross and to come back to life, which we'll celebrate next Sunday. He, he did all of that so you and I can be forgiven. Our guilt and shame can be replaced with joy and peace and we can find life to the full now and live forever in the kingdom of heaven, not because we deserve it, but because Jesus loves us so much and he was willing to do all of that for us on the cross. So what? So what does that mean for us? What's the point? What's the takeaway? I think there's something very powerful going on here that even at our worst, Jesus is at his best. Even at our worst, Jesus is still at his best. When we fail Jesus, when we blow it, when we betray Jesus, when we do wrong things that hurt God and hurt one another, when we're at our worst, Jesus is still at his best. He loves us, he's ready to forgive us, and he was willing to die for us. Even at our worst, Jesus is at his best. And that's why we are here today. That's why we come to worship. That's why we celebrate, because God is so good to us. And so if if you've got your communion elements, I invite you to to get them out, and and we're going to use them in just a moment, as we remember that as part of that Holy Week, that that the last time Jesus was with his disciples, he took a loaf of bread, and he, he broke it, and he blessed it, and he gave it to them and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. As often as you do this, remember me. And then he took a cup of wine and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many so that your sins may be forgiven. Whenever you do this, remember me. So when we receive this this gift of, of, of bread and wine, this gift of holy communion, we remember Jesus's sacrifice for us. Let's pray about that together. Dear God, thank you so much for sacrificing yourself on a cross for us, that even when we're at our worst, God, you are at your best. When we betray you, when we hurt others, when we, when we wrestle with guilt and shame, God, and, and death and hell, broken relationships, you came into our world to, to give us an opportunity to find forgiveness. You died on the cross and took all of that junk upon yourself, Lord. When you came back to life, you defeated our wrongdoing, our guilt and our shame and our death and our hell, Lord, and you give us a chance to be forgiven. So God, today, please forgive us of the wrong things that we've done, especially the ways that we betray you and those in our lives. God, please now hear our silent confession. And God, we thank you. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for the chance to remember what you've done for us as we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. We ask that our bread and our crackers or whatever food that we have and our grape juice, our apple juice, our water, whatever that we have with us here today, that you would bless that and make it be for us symbolically the body of Christ and the blood of Christ broken and shed for us. God, thank you for your forgiveness. Come and live inside of us and give us life to the full that you have promised us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. To celebrate Holy Communion, you don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to be a baptized Christian. This is God's free gift to all of us. And what it means when we when we eat the bread or drink the grape juice or whatever we have to eat and drink today, we we symbolically remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. And what it means is that we're saying, God, I want to say yes to you. I'm tired of living life without you. God, I want to leave that junk behind. Please forgive me and And live in me and give me life to the full. What we're trying to do now is open ourselves to to God's goodness. And so if that sounds like something that that you would like to be a part of, I invite you to grab whatever it is that you have. I've got uh, just an oyster cracker here. But to know that this symbolically means something very powerful, that Jesus died for us. And so this is the body of Christ offered for us. Let us eat that together. And now if you'll take your grape juice or water or whatever that is that symbolizes the blood of Christ shed for us, this is a way of ourselves, opening up ourselves to receive God's goodness. This is the blood of Jesus shed for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Even at our worst, Jesus is still at his best. What I invite you to do this week as we go into Holy Week is to consider doing two things. The first is to join me uh, beginning today and the rest of our congregation in reading some scripture passages, uh, just a small bit each day, to kind of walk us through some of the events in Holy Week. We're going to have those on our website, we're going to have those uh, on our Facebook page just a list of how you can read along with us every day. I invite you to read it in the morning and then to join us at 109 for our Fireside Chats Monday through Saturday this week where a staff member will give us an application for how we can take that scripture that we've read together and apply it in our lives. If you can't make it at 109, you can watch it later. We'll have them on our websites. And so just just check that out. So to read the scripture together, to watch the Fireside Chats together, and we'll walk through Holy Week together. The other thing I'd invite you to do is to invite someone to join us for worship next Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. It's like the Super Bowl of the Christian year. And we'll be here at 10 o'clock and just invite you to come and just share with them. However you're watching this, whether it's on our our online website or Facebook or YouTube, just share that with others, invite them, let them know 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. We'll come together to do that. And just just invite as many people as you can because there's so many people who need some good news right now. We're going to celebrate that good news on Easter Sunday. Even at our worst, Jesus is at his best. May we take that with us into this week, knowing that God loves us so much and wants to give us that life to the full. So now I'd like to invite our modern worship leader, uh, Cole, to come and lead us in the song, Oh, Praise the Name. And may we truly continue to worship as we praise the name of Jesus, who died on the cross for us, who came back to life, so that we can live life to the full now and forever. Even when we're at our worst, Jesus is at his best. Let's sing together.
2: I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled. And died for me I see His wounds His hands, His feet My Savior on that cursed tree His body bowed. Sealed By heavy Storm Messiah Still of the
0: joining us uh, this week on Palm Sunday and worshiping together. Uh, This is Holy Week, and we have never had a holy week like this one before. Um, And today on Palm Sunday, we are remembering when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and people laid down their palm branches as he triumphantly enters Jerusalem. And this week, we will remember the long road that Jesus walked um, of this week and how it looked like the end when he was crucified but then came sunday and in his resurrection being brought back to life jesus split history in two and provided what we could not provide for ourselves a way to be redeemed to be forgiven and set free this is the journey that we will walk this week during holy week and we invite you to walk it with us Uh, We would love for you to sign up for our emails, not just because it's the best way to keep up with what we're doing, uh, but we want you to get those scriptures so that you can read along with us this week. Um, Join us every weekday or every day this week at 109 for our fireside chats, um, because we are going to be remembering this road that Jesus walked to Jerusalem, what he did at such great a cost to show his love for us um, and to save us. So um, we are excited to spend Holy Week with you this week. And now as we wrap up and you go on from here, um, I want to just pray this prayer of blessing over you today. So may the amazing grace of Jesus and the extravagant love of the Father and the close friendship of the Holy Spirit be with each of you. And may you know for sure this week no matter what happens, that you are surrounded by the love of God. Amen. Go in peace, and we will see you tomorrow at 109.